tiny surgery. I'd like to take his his face off. And welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Ian Hates Movies. My name is Ian. And I'm Kelly. And by that little stutter in her voice, you can tell that Kelly is off traveling far and wide. Konnichiwa, everyone. Oh, nice. Look at that. Clap, 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 clap. <laughs> the one time I didn't hook everything up. But yes, right. Kelly is away in Japan. For anyone who has ever questioned Kelly's loyalty to the show, which has never happened, by the way, but if... For some reason, it were to happen. <laughs> you look at this woman's dedication, people. It is, uh, what time in Japan right now? It is 8 a.m. There we go. See? The next day. Yes. <laughs> it's Tuesday. There. Hey, Kelly, can you give me the winning lottery numbers, please? Uh, uh, no, uh, but I can tell you what the weather is like in everywhere in this country. Is it rainy? Yeah, it's typhoon season. There Yay! we go. Exactly. Would you like to tell your harrowing story of getting into Japan before we get into this? All right. So I decided for fun I'd fly all the way around the world. Go to Japan, Florida to Vienna. I was in Vienna for approximately 16 hours. And then from Vienna, I went here to Norea, which is a 11 and a half hour flight. And this is all flying um, Air Austrian, which is a very interesting experience. <laughs> but I did get to watch The Sound of Music. Love that they have that just stuck in their feed which was great Ooh. um so sounds like hell. apparently landing um we, we were having a little bit of a weather issue um literally there was a typhoon hitting that the airport at that time so we missed the runway twice let me rephrase that uh, we quote unquote aborted our descent even though we were about 500 feet from the ground twice um to go one more time because if we didn't make it that time they were going to reroute us to Osaka. So if you look at Tokyo and you look at Osaka, it's the distance of San Francisco to L.A. It's about a five-hour difference. Nice. So that would have been a very interesting way to try to figure out how to get back to Tokyo at that point. So I'm happy that didn't happen. But because it was so horrifically landing in hurricane conditions, um, half the plane got sick, which was a magical smell being trapped in a tube with that. Yeah, it was good times. But it was great because all the other flights were canceled. So I had pretty much an international airport to myself, which was great shopping opportunity. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, oh. now you're sure the vomiting and whatnot wasn't from the sound of music? <laughs> so happy that they had just fed us breakfast before we landed, too. So it was good times. Ah, uh, I don't know what to tell you, oh. Kelly. It just happens. But at least you taught people something. You taught people the difference between Tokyo and Osaka. To give you an idea of how big Japan is. Yeah, exactly. I can check off landing in a typhoon. There you go. That's never happened to you before? I don't think it's happened to me before either. I've dealt with hurricane stuff, but not straight up like typhoon. Like it was actually kind of, I recorded, I have some video of just the sheer wind hail storm thing at oh. the airport. It was pretty awesome. Well, you made your harrowing trip, and now it is 8 a.m., and you're starting your day with Ian Hates Movies. And this episode is probably 19 years in the making, because we have finally decided, after there being really nothing in the theaters worth going over, I mean, I heard... Or worth paying for. Yes, exactly. I heard Sausage Party isn't terrible, but 
it seems like that's one of those ones where you'd just be retelling their jokes. I think this is actually good because this is the kind of movie that I think this show was made for. So I think it's about time. I mean, hey, look, and we have an alumni of Ian Hates Movies because we are doing a Nick Cage movie. And yeah, and then we have a newbie on the show. We have John Travolta. So if if people. That's only because you hate Grease. Because I can't make that funny. I I just. (laughs) No matter how good I am at doing this, I just can't. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I could put on, I could do a character throughout the whole time, try and pretend like that's good, but that's one of the worst, awful garbage movies I've ever seen in my life. Actually, I don't even think I've made it through Grease. Wow. I, I've told you this. I don't know if the listening audience knows about this, but I still remember that in one of my many high schools that I went to as a child, for some, it was weird. It was an AP English class, but for some reason, we were talking about movies, about like favorite movies or something for some reason. And this one kid went up and he presented on his favorite movie, and it was Grease 2. <laughs> And I, I kid you not, it was Grease 2. And I started laughing out loud in the classroom. And no one was reacting. And the teacher had to tell me to shut up. And I go, oh, I thought that was a joke. And then he continued on for 45 minutes or so, the whole class period, about how Grease 2 is the best movie ever. His life makes me sad. Look, I mean, high school's tough. It definitely is. There's no, there's no doubt about that. So if, if so, let's make it harder on yourself by admitting that. Well, if Grease Two gets you through the, I mean, if it gets you through the years, I mean, all the power to you. I am one of those people that is not like, hey, you should ever hide the things that you enjoy. Obviously, because I am so forthright and outspoken about everything that I like and don't like. So I completely understand it. But holy shit, Grease Two. Like I just <laughs> like even if he had said Grease One, I still would have laughed out loud because it's a terrible fucking movie. But a sequel to a terrible fucking movie. Yeah, okay, is so even wait more... a minute. So are you just a hater? Do you just not like musicals? Is that what this is? No, I wouldn't say that. And I guess it's it's tough because I can really only say the only musicals that I really like are Trey Parker and Matt Stone musicals. I guess. No, yeah, still musicals. Yeah, I mean the South Park movie is great and that's a musical True. and book of mormon is great i <laughs> i think the only other broadway show i think when i was living in england uh my parents took me to see when i was very young starlight express oh okay that was pretty kick-ass but that was when i was young i guess four wheel skates i don't know i i grew up in a time of rollerblades <laughs> so i don't know right but they were doing some crazy shit on stage so cool what about you? Are you a musical fan? I mean, I know you love Disney shit and everything. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of because I kind of grew up with that. It was all the classic stuff because, I mean, I had no control over what we watched in the house. That was pretty much mom's genre. So that's how that worked out. No, no, that's all I got. <laughs> I thought you were going to go on a tirade about how musicals <laughs> yeah, like change the world or some shit. Uh, well, have yeah. you seen Hamilton? And I won't see Hamilton. Why is that? Because you're like a huge Hamilton fan and you don't think that they've done him justice historically? Absolutely. <laughs> Please. Casting's completely wrong. Please take us through Hamilton. <laughs> Tell me the history of Alexander <laughs> Hamilton. I would love to hear this. Have you not 
see the tattoo? Anyway, um, <laughs> no, I, it's honestly, um, I don't like rap music no matter what it's about. Like, sure. I didn't like rap music when they used it in, like, what was the, the schoolhouse rock? Like, no, I can't. No, no. I like some. I, it has to. It has to be something special for me to like something like that. But what I I heard so many mixed reviews because it becomes like the next big thing that everyone talks about. But then I hear other people go, they were rhyming every last word, and people who like rap don't like Hamilton. No, not at all. So, anyways, all right. There's our there's our side on musicals. Yeah, and I I just I hate. Sound of music and all that shit. Shocking. Yeah, for anyone tuning in, surprise. <laughs> I know, there's there's your shock face, I guess. But yeah, I, look, if I liked it, there is something about doing the like medley of songs, I guess. There is something. Okay. I love music so much that I give complete respect to the people who are doing Broadway like two times a day or whatever it happens to be. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to give them total respect for all that stuff. And the music composing and all that kind of stuff is very impressive. It's just not my style. Yeah, I mean, I can completely see that. I mean, it's not that I wouldn't love to see you just randomly break out into song or whatever. That'd be entertaining. But it's cool. Like in real life? Absolutely. Skipping your way down to, like, your Liverpool match. Yes. I I can tell you, I tried to watch uh, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. What the fuck? Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. I tried watching that on hbo and i just couldn't do it i was like this is this is wrong movie the original's way better with angela lansbury oh yeah oh i i forgot like a nightmare on elm street i can also do okay yeah like it's it has to be well done for me to enjoy it you know that that has to be you know fern gully like that that kind of thing awesome yeah so anyways what what the fuck are we talking about why why did we do this because it's because we don't want to talk about this particular movie. No, right I now. want to talk about this movie. I oh, fucking, no. I fucking have waited a long time, nineteen years. And actually, I want to start doing that. I want us to do like anniversary of nineteen years instead of twenty. <laughs> One of my numbers is nineteen, so I want to do that all the time. So it is right now. This Thanks. movie came out in nineteen ninety seven, so it is nineteen years okay. ago. And we said Nick Cage, and we said John Travolta. So hopefully, and actually, I think we only promoted this like once. I don't think we put a big blast out there to everyone of what this movie was no, going to be. So, Kelly, I don't even think we mentioned the name of this movie. I'm sure people could probably guess. But why don't you tell everyone the name and then a special little fact about the movie? Well, okay. So, it's uh, Face Off. Yay! Yay! Fun fact, though. Originally, this movie was cast to have Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone in it. Yes, I read that as well when I was doing my research. I think that, I think that would have blown. I think, Are you saying that the escape plan wasn't any good? I don't understand. I think that this was amazingly well done. So that's <laughs> I don't know if I could picture any other two actors switching faces. Yeah, but at least I want to say that those two have a more similar body type than these two. I mean, that's the easy thing to make fun of, and of course we will. We're going to take down the easy picking of fruit for sure and then we're going to go on to the other things that are fun to make fun of as well but yes their body types are very very different so (laughs) it is funny that they slightly mention that they're going to change their body proportions but really you know that wasn't any part of it it was mostly about putting the faces on each other (laughs) so yes it is face off it is from 1997 come on this movie was made for this and by the way I mean, we joke about this a lot. 
This has a fucking 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Jesus, does it really? <laughs> it has a 7.3 on IMDb, uh, 82% on Metacritic, and a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. So for all those people that go out and like, oh, Rotten Tomatoes is the end-all, be-all, like all that kind of stuff, just remember that this movie has a 92% on it. So if you're going to give it shit, then you have to remember, oh, maybe you're being a hypocrite. I don't know. It's just... It's one of those things where this movie, you have to also say, it came out in 97. Do you know that this movie didn't even make the top 10 for movies that came out in 97? Top 10 in what? Monetary value or? No. IMDb. Most best rated. Do you have that list by any chance? I do, actually. And right. There's some awesome movies on here that I'm sure you're just dying to see. Run it down. Okay. So first one, no surprise, Titanic. Boo. Second one, Goodwill Hunting. Third one, Fifth Element. Yay. Fourth one, Men in Black. Okay. Uh, Fifth one, oh, Batman and Robin. What? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. This is, what is this based on again? This is popular on IMDb. Oh, oh, IMDb, but we know that's all bullshit. (laughs) Sorry, for for some reason I thought you were running down a Rotten Tomatoes meter of the top. No, 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 no. That was like, what are they judging this on? Like hard nipples? Like, <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. What's number six? Uh, Life is beautiful. Many people actually have told me I should watch that. I have not seen that yet, and I will though. Apparently, yeah, it's about the Holocaust, I guess. Is it really? Oh, okay. Someone said yeah. that. A couple people said they would pay for me to do it on the show. Interesting. So that might come up. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Seven boogie nights. Yes. Fucking love that Eight. movie. Right. <laughs> The Game, which actually is a oh, really good movie. That is one movie that I did not guess the ending to. <laughs> wow. Because there's no way to fucking guess that ending. There are no <laughs> hints. There are no clues. There's nothing in that fucking movie to tell you that anything else is going on in there. All right, go ahead. Uh, Leota. Never saw. Yeah, I don't know that one. But number 10, uh, probably one of my favorites. <laughs> Devil's Advocate. Yes. hoo <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to I fucking love by the way, we have to do that movie at some point too. Okay, cool. We have not done a Keanu Reeves movie, right? No. I'm actually kind of surprised we didn't do um the one where he kicks the, the, the dog. Oh yeah, don't get me started on that. No, we're John gonna Wick. John Wick. We go. No, we're gonna do John Wick too, so we'll just combine the episodes. Okay. Yeah, we'll just do both. Because there's really not much you say about the first one except for how badass he is. And then, yeah, yeah, I'm just hoping he doesn't get another dog in the second one because I'll be (laughs) super pissed. (laughs) That's not bad, but oh, I love Devil's Advocate. That was funny because I was flipping through the channels before I did um, before I did the charity soccer tournament this weekend. I was flipping through HBO. It was like right before I was leaving and Reindeer Games was on. And that has that has Charlize Theron in it as well. And that's yep. a fucking great movie. I'm thinking that's a nice little Christmas movie for us to do. Absolutely. Yeah. I just, the amount of times you see Charlize Theron naked is amazing. I, I you know, not that you might enjoy, I don't know. I enjoyed it very much. I thought it was great. But that movie's fucking hilarious. Uh, just a couple more notes about 97. Uh, yes. Air Force One. Get off my plane. I don't even know what voice that was. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, liar, liar. Eh, that's uh, uh-uh. yeah. 
Okay, so I okay, and uh, the Lost World Jurassic Park. No, <laughs> I just spoke with. Well, actually, I can't give it away here because it's a surprise guest for next <gasps> week for uh, Ian hates music. But I talked to an artist from a great, great band. And he mentioned on his Twitter recently that he went ahead and watched every single Jurassic Park in one day. We had a conversation about that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know what our next movie is because I forgot that this came out in 97. Uh Uh-oh. George of the Jungle. I'm not doing that. (laughs) I remember seeing that on a double feature at a drive-in. Dude, it grossed $105 million. Is that why Brendan Fraser has had a career? Yes. Holy shit. And then wow. after that, he did Dougley Do-Right. Whoa. I've seen, what is it, probably two Brendan Fraser movies? Because I saw, was it Bedazzled? What was oh, that? Oh, the Elizabeth Hurley one. Yeah. The double. Because I used yeah. to have like a thing for Elizabeth Hurley, like no one's Which business. Is fair. Oh, yeah. For sure. And when she's playing like the devil, I was Which like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was fucking awesome. I tried, oh, oh, Airheads. I saw Brendan Fraser oh. in as well. <laughs> that movie's fucking right. great. So wait, are you, you haven't seen The Mummy? <gasps> no, you know how I feel about those type of action movies. I went on the ride in Universal. Does that count? Yeah, I'll give you credit for that. Yeah, ride. no, seriously. I've never seen The Mummy. I've never seen Scorpion King. I've never seen any of that stuff. And I'm, a, the, fa- it, I'm a fan uh, of The Rock, and I still haven't seen that movie. <laughs> uh, Con Air also came out in 97, as yes. well as Scream 2. Yeah, I know Scream 2 came out. I saw it in theaters like five times. Uh, Contact. Ew, I fucking hate that movie. <laughs> oh, I know what you did last summer. Yes, I love that movie. <laughs> Dante's Peak. Uh, I, I remember I did see that movie. I'm not, a, you know me too. I mean, the audience knows I'm not a disaster movie fan either. Uh, so does that mean you weren't a fan of like Anaconda either? <laughs> you count that as a disaster movie? Jennifer Lopez in it, yeah. of course, is a disaster Oh, movie. hey, woo. I, I count that as John Voight getting eaten movie. Holy crap, Spawn. Even though, man, I can't wait till they actually remake that movie the way it should be done. Even though John Leguizamo was awesome as clown. True. But other than that, that was, uh, yeah, not the best. Oh, the first Austin Powers movie. I remember my parents taking me to see that because I was way too young. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't get any of those jokes. <gasps> Full Monty. That's a good movie. That's a good movie. All right, let's talk about. I know you're just seriously. You're just reading. Do you want to continue on with every single movie from '97? But you, you have some good ones there. Jungle to jungle. Uh, no. We know we're doing Scream. We're doing the Scream trilogy on the anniversary. Uh, we're definitely, we're definitely doing that soon. I think that's in October. So we're definitely doing that. By the way, so there's a convention that happens every year in Worcester, Massachusetts. It's called like yeah, Worcester. It's like Shock and Jock. I think it's called. And I've never gone, but it's one of those horror conventions. But guess who's going to be there this year? Drew Barrymore. No, she would never come on. She's she's way too big for that shit. You never know. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, no, it's going to be fucking Billy and Stu are both awesome. going to be there. So I'm not a picture guy. I'm not a anything, but I might need to have them. I really want to work out some way that I could get them on the show. But I just wonder if they're just too tired of talking about Scream. But it's, I then mean, why do mention? Well, and that's it's the anniversary. Yeah, it's the anniversary as well. So I want to see what I can do. I want to see what I can pull off on that because I think that'd be amazing. 
I, I'm just going to be super fanboy and just be like, okay, so can I do the quotes while you guys do them back to me? Like, can I just do that whole ending scene to Scream, which is one of the greatest scenes of all time in any horror movie? Because it is. Anyways. All right. Side note. But yes, we will do the Screams. You gave me a good idea, though. We probably should do the I Know What You Did Last Summer's. Right. Because they're fun. I just want to talk about Jennifer Love Hewitt's breast the entire time. That's fine. I get to look at Ryan Phillippe. Oh, oh, that was your guy, not Freddie Prince Jr.? Oh, ew, not Freddie Prince Jr. What? Freddie Prince Jr. is a man. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> all right, all right. We're way off track. Face off. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> face off. Take your face off. Face <laughs> off. This movie is amazingly bad and amazingly good at the same oh. time. Yeah, right, wait, wait. You get... Kelly, movie thing. hold on a second. Are you telling me, though, you don't find anything good about this movie? Oh, no. No, 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 no. Seriously, no. not even as a fun, like, I have trouble if, I, I don't know why HBO's been playing it, like, almost nonstop recently, but, like, literally, like, almost nonstop. I don't know why, but if it's on, if I flip through and I see it, I have trouble leaving the house. <laughs> like, how do you, how do you leave face off? It's one of those things where I hate the Archer character so much and he annoys me that the whatever kind of personality they try to develop for this person that I could give a shit less what happens to well, wait, wait, either wait. of them. Why do you why do you hate the Archer character so much? Because he's such a whiny pussy. His fucking son was killed. Wah, you shouldn't be more emotional than the mom, and even the mom's kinda like, seriously. Okay. Are we we're gonna get into gender roles here? <laughs> Like, yes. You're going to tell because he's a man. He's not supposed to be. He was holding his son when he was killed. That is the okay. first fucking scene of the movie. Okay. All right. kind of gay scene. Like you're enjoying the carousel a little too much with your kid. I can't wait till someday you are a mother. And we're going <laughs> to see how this opinion changes. And you're going to come back to me and go, Ian, I can't believe I said that on the podcast. Can you edit that? Can you censor the horrible, terrible things I said about Sean Archer's kid? No, 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 because I can guarantee you, I am the parent that's like, suck it up, and dad's going to be the one that's going to be like, it's okay. I don't know. I think I think that shit changes you. If it ever happens for you, I, I'm just saying, that scene, all right, I'm just going to tell this the start point of this movie. He's on a carousel with his kid, with his son, and they're both on the same horse, obviously, because his son's what, like five, maybe? Uh, I don't know. I don't know kids' ages. 86 and died in 91. So, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. I got it right. So, yes. He's on the carousel and they're having a fun day. Like, they're, just, they're fucking having fun. They're not expecting fucking child molester mustache Nick Cage to be setting up a sniper rifle. Like, <laughs> that's what, so he, he, I think he has the same mustache as he does in Kick-Ass. It's totally like Ned Flanders. It's bad. Yeah. And he's setting up with tons of people around, by the way. It's not like they're. this is a special FBI nighttime, I get to use a carousel when no one else does. This is broad daylight. Nick Cates sets up the sniper rifle, and John Travolta's having fun with his kid. And let's, let's introduce this right now. One of the worst things in cinematic or real life ever, what I'm going to call, and I think it's called this on the internet as well, the face waterfall. That sounds dirty. But do you know what it is? No. You don't know? You didn't... Oh, then you didn't do your research then for this movie. No. The face waterfall is any time John Travolta or his fucking family puts their palm and their fingers on another person's face and then lets it fall down their fucking face. 
Yeah, but why is that a thing? Like, it's, well, why, that's what I'm saying. Creepy. Unless you're blind, you don't touch other people's faces. Well, that's like, what I'm it's saying. Weird. It's so fucking gross. And I know it comes into play, obviously, later in the movie is why they set it up here, obviously. But it's so gross because as your fingers go down the person's face, it always ends up dragging the lip. i know that's what i'm saying it's so gross so i think that's one of the things i think anyone who who (laughs) watched this movie takes away from it is the face waterfall (laughs) but so he does it in this first scene and you see him you know take his son's lip down and it's like ah and his son's all about he's like yay it's my dad this is great i'm on a carousel And, and then nick cage fucking takes a shot in his back, by the way, can't even do it. Like, I don't even know why he went for the back when he could easily waited for the carousel to come around again and he could have shot his face off. Get it? Oh. Get it? Get it? Horrible. <laughs> but so he shoots him in the back because that's how much of a pussy Nick Cage is in this movie, too. Yeah, but it's not about the pussy thing. It's he's clearly the villain and villains don't give a shit. I'm going to kill you. Period. True, true. Okay, fine. So he shoots him in the back an inch away from his heart or something like that. But then you remember, oh shit, his son's right in front of him and it's a five-year-old. So his fucking head lines up perfect with that shot. And sure enough, bullet goes straight through Archer into his kid's head. Like, and his his son is dead. So come on, Kelly, you got to give the guy a break. Dude, it was like five years ago. Like, seriously? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I can't wait for the hate emails. <laughs> We're gonna get. I don't think I've ever heard. I don't think I've ever heard anyone take that side of the argument ever. (laughs) I've talked about face off for like most of my life. Yep. This 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 is why we work. Yeah. This this is is why we have a show with differing opinions sometimes. (laughs) So anyone who wants to talk to Kelly, you can write her. I will totally argue this point with you. I get that you can never get over the loss of a child, but you don't need to be a pansy and milk it for 20 fucking years. Well, let's not forget, he chases after Castor the entire time. He goes psycho and tries to go after the guy. And just because he's FBI, he he thinks he can pull it off. And in the meantime, fucks up his whole other family who's still alive. I can see that for sure. But yes, this is why you don't like this character so much. Pretty much, yeah. And let's say he can be a dick. He's a weak character when this whole transition goes through. You now have a – because you know what I need? I need a whiny Nick Cage. Let's make that happen. Look, we all know in this movie that Nick Cage outshines John Travolta no matter what role it's in. Well, duh. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. I mean he has some moments. Travolta has some moments. But in general, Nick Cage blows us out of the water. Absolutely. Yeah. But look, he's the goody-goody. John Travolta is a goody-goody. You know, he comes back after they capture, you know, they capture Nick Cage. They cap- his name is Castor, Paul- or Castor Troy. Sorry. He comes back and everyone's cheering for him. And they have a bottle of champagne that's sent over. And he's like, this is for all the people who died. Like, stop celebrating. That's a little bit of a dick move. But also, yeah. people probably should have remembered all the fucking people that Castor killed as well. Yeah. Well, look, we know Nick Cage is a terrorist. He is... He's Castor Troy, and his brother's name is Pollux. So it's Castor and Pollux from Greek mythology, right? Yep. And they are international, like, terrorists for hire or whatever. They don't say why Castor tried to kill John Travolta in the first place, though. Yeah, they don't really ever cover that, but you just assume with it being an FBI agent that, you know, this is the guy who's kind of been up his ass kind of a deal. And he's yeah. also apparently put away all of his crew at some point, too, sure. yeah, which or, kind of comes up. Yeah, it could have also been a hit. Whatever it happens to be. If he's an international terrorist for hire, 
you know, hey, you could probably hire him to do that. Absolutely. But that's where the movie starts, is the assassination of his son. And then it's six years later, and they're still going after Castor Troy. They still haven't found him, him and his brother. Him and his brother set up a bomb that they've hidden away in the L.A. Convention Center. And you don't know that yet, technically, I guess. What is it, fucking nerve gas or something? Yeah, they don't really get into it, but it's something along those lines. Or it's it's got the – they're trying to take out justices that are going to be in the convention center for some speaking talk point at that on that date. And on top of that, it's enough firepower to take out like a mile radius around it. And then the nerve gas around it goes farther mm-hmm. if the breeze is there, they say, or something. Right, 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 if it's carried. Yeah. That's all set up. You know, they had some good action. This is directed by John Woo. So he does know how to do action sequences and everything. Apparently, every single person is terrible with weapons, except for John Travolta and Nick Cage. They're the only ones that know how to shoot. Yeah. But what I like, it's the little things with Nick Cage. He has golden guns. Awesome. Yeah, he has no problem killing. He has the, like, stewardess girl. What what was his line for that one? Because it's fucking great. He goes, he gets in a plane in a private jet. And the stewardess girl comes over. He puts her on his lap and says something like, where should I send the flowers to? Hold on. No, scratch that. What would I say if I said you could suck my tongue? Would you be grateful? And then he just sticks out his tongue and she starts sucking his tongue. Oh, it's fucking great. And she turns out to be (laughs) an undercover FBI agent and he fucking mercilessly kills her. Like once he finds out. Yeah. And just like throws her on the tarmac as the plane is trying to get away and they stop his plane and John Travolta catches him and that's like and they capture his brother as well but it seems like Castor Troy is dead uh that's Nick Cage's character it seems like he's dead but it turns out not so this is where Archer has the main choice and this is where the fucking name of the movie comes in it's face off they figure out that Castor's in a coma but they have to figure out where the bomb is going to be set off it's the longest by the way it's the fucking longest timer on a bomb ever Oh, no, yeah, it's like a week and a half away or something. Yeah, it's it's not like people would normally do. Yeah, it's a fucking week and a half. So they have to find out where the bomb is and then, you know, how to disarm it, or at least where it is. That's what they have to find out. Even though John Travolta has kind of screwed up his home life because he, like, doesn't have sex with his wife and is he keeps on going out and doing all these crazy missions to try and get Castor and, you know, his wife is worried that he's going to die at any moment. His daughter acts out by wearing, I don't know, goth makeup a little bit. By the way, it's like... The- oh, no, it's not even. It's like bad grunge punk rocker crap. Like, it's not good... Because 97, yeah, right. It's 97. She has like a little bit of eyeshadow on and a nose ring. And I I highly doubt the nose ring is real. Oh, no. Yeah. So but that's her acting out. That's her. That's, you know, and she gets suspended from school because she'll like punch guys who make fun of her or whatever the fuck. So John Travolta has to get Castor because of what he did to his son. He finds out that they're doing this special op secret mission where they can change his face and apparently body type. To, yeah, to the body sculpting is what we're gonna. Even though those two, not even remotely the same body type. But the special effects are good, especially for '97. I would say, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, the whole cutting off of the face and the whole saving the face replica and stuff. Like, I thought that was all good. That's all just good prop work. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, I mean, yeah, you got to say something good about that. I mean, you got to give them respect. Yeah. I mean, I think they got an Oscar nomination for that, I think. Probably. Yeah, like special effects or whatever. But yeah, so, I mean, and it's crazy. Let's, let's put this out there. This is a crazy, crazy concept. But what I like, I think the reason why I still like it is because it's fucking original. Yeah. Well, I, you I just had to think there. It. Can you tell me any other movie that, that has something similar to this? Um, and for the time period, it definitely was, and it's actually kind of. I will say this: watching it, my mind went to they actually put you know a decent amount of a budget towards this when it wasn't a proven fact. This is where Hollywood still had balls to make movies. Yeah. Um, but true. I want to. I also kind of lump this into. I love. I mean, we're getting into this kind of like original concept. Con Air is hysterical. That yes. is kind of that's a fun original, and I kind of like The Rock too, and that's kind of a fun original too. And even The Rock isn't like different from a normal action movie. Like I like The Rock; I think that's a good, you know, I think that's a good movie. But I wouldn't call that setting the world on fire storyline wise. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. But Con Air, Broken Arrow, uh, <laughs> uh, Face Off—they all have these ridiculous storylines, which oh, are yeah. very funny. And yeah, like the character, I mean, we could probably do Con Air at some point for sure. I mean, Poe is fucking hilarious. Uh, John Malkovich is amazing. There's just so many great, uh, Danny Trejo. I mean, there's so many great people in that movie that you you could talk for hours. It's, It's fucking speed in the air. Like, yeah, it's, pretty much. it's really, really great. But you had mentioned, you had made the comment about Broken Arrow. You kept thinking that this movie was Broken Arrow until you realized it was Face Off. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's still John Woo, same director. So it was kind of one of those, I'm getting scenes screwed up here. Wait a minute. This isn't the chase scene I was expecting it to be. Like, it was that kind of, hmm. Well, you know it's John Woo if there are any fucking doves in the movie. <laughs> I don't get that. I guess yeah, that's your signature. Uh, where are these churches? I want to know because I've not been in one where it's suddenly like, oh, you have an infestation. Yeah, wouldn't everyone be looking around being like, there are a lot of fucking birds in this church. Yeah, and how is there no bird shit anywhere? Yeah, that's good. They're really good at that. But yeah, look, I love, I love Christian Slater as much as the next guy. We are going to do Christian Slater movies at some point. But there's, yes. a, there's a trifecta of Christian Slater movies. And if you can name the three great Christian Slater movies, I'll be very impressed. Clearly Robin Hood. All right, fuck you, one. <laughs> Next. Come on, it's got Morgan Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> that does not make a good movie anymore. Um, crap, now I gotta think of what the hell Christian Slater's been in. I put on. you on the fucking spot. I know. Uh, interview with the Vampire. No. Um... <laughs> Come on. Uh, fuck. You don't have it. You want me to tell I you? Because yeah, I can name you all the like TV series he's been in. Oh, he's we're a, not doing TV series. Stuff. Yeah, we're not doing that. All right. Three Christian Slayer movies, best ones right off the bat. True Romance, Pump Bray. Up the Volume, and Heathers. Period. Oh, I knew I should have said Heathers. Yeah, period. End of sentence. Okay. And we're going to definitely do maybe all three of those. Yeah, maybe all three of those some at some point. Not in the same show, obviously, but at some point we will get to those. There's, there's no doubt about that. But anyways, so I, I don't even have Broken Arrow on the best of Christian Slater because it's really not a good movie. It's just – and that's at least a movie where John Travolta is good as the bad guy. 
Oh, yeah. Where Christian Slater has to play the straight, like, original John Travolta character in Face Off. Right. And he's got the same girl in there from Pump Up the Volume. Yep. But that's side story. They had some major difficulties in real life, but we won't go into that. Whew, yeah. So anyways, back to Face Off. Once again, getting off off track here. That is now the ridiculous concept. John Travolta is now, without telling his wife and without telling anyone else besides the two people or three if you count the doctor and everything, he is going to switch faces and bodies technically and go to the maximum security sci-fi prison that Pollux, <laughs> that his brother, his, you know, Caster's brother is there, and he is going to find out where that bomb is. So, <laughs> can't get any crazier than that, right? Well, like, it reminded me of um, the jail cell from Captain America Winter Soldier. I can see right? that a little bit, Like, it's the sure. floating compound. I think it's, like, 55 or something. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember either. But this was in 97. Mm-hmm. And they made a prison where, hey, there are never going to be any riots or any escapes because they're all wearing these huge metal boots that are magnetically attracted to the, like, everything's metal, basically. So their boots are attracted to everything, and then they can lock you down, and they know each person by their boots. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a more, it's plausible. I'll give you that. Yeah, I mean, it was a good idea for 97. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it would cost the taxpayers billions of dollars and it wouldn't be feasible but it's still you know for a movie like this is fine you know? what are you talking about you get a used what was that that was an oil rig and you just magnetize the damn thing that's easy oh very simple <laughs> absolutely you're right kelly let's go into business and do this are you kidding me i can come up with all kinds of fun screwed up scenarios when it comes to prison situations sweet and I think they, they definitely missed uh, some fun opportunities with uh, Suicide Squad with that particular person. I don't know. Is that the direction we want to take this podcast right now? <laughs> okay. Anyway, back to face off. <laughs> <laughs> so now that is the whole plan. They do it. And I think the scene where they do it is is pretty well done. One of the big things that John Travolta also says that we have to make note of is so where that bullet came out, he has a scar there. And he's like, hey, you got to put this back. You got to put this back when we're done. Make sure you put my third nipple back on. Yeah, basically. (laughs) So, yes, that means something to him because obviously that was where he was shot and where the bullet came out and killed his son. So they, by the way, they have probably done 10 face waterfalls by now into this this movie. (laughs) Yep, Just so you're aware. (laughs) But, yeah, so they do the whole change and then they have a Joker-like scene where John Travolta sees himself as Nicolas Cage for the first time and starts saying, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, and going crazy, smashes the mirror, uh, and then they have to calm him down. <laughs> totally, totally stable. Totally stable. This is, a, this is a great plan. Well, that's why Nicolas Cage is such a great fucking actor. Like, it's awesome. We didn't, yeah. even, we didn't even mention the part of when he, in order to set up the bomb in the L.A. Convention Center, he was dressed up as a priest and oh. started headbanging when he was coming out to the choir and then Gospel went up music. Yeah. And Fuck then went yeah. up, remember when he went up to the younger, uh, the younger <laughs> like teenage girl and went up behind her and then squeezed her ass and almost like made like ejaculation face. <laughs> like right after. <laughs> Nick Cage is so fucking awesome in this movie. I'll still love, I, one of my favorite shows for what we've done with Ian hates movies is still the wicker man. 
because that movie is so hilarious to talk about. And that's oh how I, that's how I feel about this movie though. I mean, no, okay. it's, it's a little bit, I mean, this movie is a little bit more serious in nature because Nick Cage, I think is actually trying in this movie, but right. it's still Nick Cage trying, which is fucking hilarious because he, d- awesome. yeah, he does such great, like his facial movements are great. Like his, all of a sudden he'll just, he'll be dancing along and you'll hear like the, it's, he's got this fun tone in his voice and he's like, fuck you. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> Calm down, Nick Cage. Like <laughs> I understand, but that's great stuff. I don't know. I, I that's how I feel about it. But I just that's why I can't believe you didn't pick up on that stuff. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> like I, you know, it's with him in this movie. Like he's clearly the entertaining part. But because the way that they've written this Archer character, like I said, this is what I'm going to harp on. It's not as much fun. Like if. I don't know. I'm still waiting for that badass side to come out, and it never does. Like, he never really grows a pair. Like, no, really? No, that's not true. It comes out at the end of the movie when they have, like, three action sequences in a row. Yeah, no, you didn't sell me on that. Or the prison break scene. He doesn't want to kill anybody, <laughs> but he technically does kill a lot of people. Yeah, I guess. Because they didn't lock down that prison, so you know all those prison guards. And that's what's funny about this movie is you're supposed to, like, root for him to get out. But you're like, oh, what about all of those prison guards that are now going to be killed? True. But casualties of war, you know, when you take someone's face off. So they set it up so all the prison guards are kind of shitheads anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But they're supposed to... These are like the most dangerous, terrible criminals in like the world, probably. Do they not deserve a little bit of like punishment for being such shitheads? I love the fact that the first thing they say is the Geneva Code doesn't apply here. Right, right. (laughs) Well, it's supposed to be. I mean, look, Pollux. Pollux is a piece of shit, and he's going to set off a nerve. Like, you can tell he's probably killed thousands of people probably in his lifetime or whatever. He doesn't Yeah, he doesn't deserve, I don't know, sanctuary and stuff. Like, he probably deserves more than he even gets in this movie. Right. But, but it's one of those things where it's kind of like, why did they still, I don't know. I get why they set it up this way to move the story along, but just like it's kind of, you take an unstable FBI agent, put him equivalently into the person he hates the most, and then you <laughs> right. expect him to be able to handle dealing with this crowd at all? No. Well, that's why it's so great. That's why it's such a hilarious story, is to think that this would ever happen in real life. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. The fact that they. No one, and there's no files or no nothing. They change his speech as well by uh, by making him say, uh, "I could eat a peach for hours," <laughs> and that's just that's Nick Cage saying he wants to eat ass. That's what it Pretty is, much. and yeah, what a great line. That's how they get the voice. And what I like about that too is they mention like, "Okay, you have a microchip in your neck. Now don't don't sneeze too hard." And if someone hits you there, like it could damage it. It never comes up the entire movie. <laughs> Exactly. Where it's like, this is a throwaway line for no point. Yeah, because like, he's cause in many, many fights. I would have been like, right. We're, it could have actually even been some like weird, fucked up dark comedy, and they didn't even do that. Well, I can at least say, look, he didn't sneeze. So he followed, he followed those directions. Because <laughs> that's the only thing that'll dislodge it, apparently. Yeah. Not getting like a fucking table in the face or punched in and the neck or. Hey, Steven wouldn't fuck up a chip like that, but whatever. Yeah, I think he was kicked in the face by metal boots a couple of times. <laughs> just, right. Yep, your your microchip's fine, buddy. I mean, hey, that's American craftsmanship. A number one, thumbs up. There you go. That is the plan now, is Nick Cage has to go into this super 
max prison where all the crazy criminals are, which is basically Alcatraz almost. So it's almost like the ruck. And he goes there, and like we said, the boots, you know, clamp to the ground, and you can't run, and all that shit. He gets in some fights, and he has to pretend that he's Castro Troy, so that his brother Pollux will let him know. And what's funny is, his brother is very weary and nervous, and doesn't believe that it's him. Right. Like, why would he not believe that it's his brother? Mm, Paranoid schizophrenic. Yeah, I guess that's a good way to put it, because I just didn't know if maybe in this world the technology for putting someone's face on another face was something that Pollux already knew about. Right. Or, you know, if you've had uh, with that kind of imagination, you could kind of go, well, you know, there could be aliens, too, on the planet like that wouldn't surprise me if you're that kind of a severe paranoid schizophrenic like that's I wish possible. I wish they would have added aliens to this movie. It would have made, made oh it God. so much better. So he does actually, he finally does get, it's actually pretty simple actually, that he gets Pollux to tell him where the bomb is, but of course he's just so happy to get away that he's just like, you're pathetic, ha ha ha, I have all the information. Like he does not act well. (laughs) He should have just gone on and been like, yeah, like, hey, you're my brother and this is great, so uh, I'm going to go over here now and I'll catch you soon. But for that or trying to get other crap out of him. Like, you could learn a little bit more, like, the point of this. Or, like, the, uh, like he even says $10 million. Wouldn't you be interested in, in knowing what that was about? Like, no, you just care about where it is. Like, that's not really good investigation. I think since he knows so much about everything already, I don't think he's worried about that whatsoever. And remember, Wait. give him a little credit, too. He is in the face of the person that he hates. He probably wants that to end soon. He probably should have never done it to begin with. I don't know. Would they have caught that dirty bomb? Yeah, it's L.A. Oh, Kelly. <laughs> oh, Kelly. Jeez, jeez, Plus, they need a new convention center anyway. That thing's so... Ugh. I've never been. I know you've lived there before. Uh, yeah. People. Anyway. But yeah, so Pollux is a weird dude. And of course, <laughs> Nick Cage ends up pissing him off because he says you're pathetic. Goes to the guards and says to get whoever he was supposed to. Unfortunately, while he was in a coma and got his fucking face cut off, Nick Cage wakes up. Whoever's supposed to be. It is Nick Cage who's now going to be John Travolta. Wakes up, calls his goons, and has his goons go and get the main medical guy who did the surgery. And then he shows up, and he's got, like, they never show his face, really. They never show the, you know, nod, but he's smoking a cigarette. Right. And well, that and it's like it's all reflection where you like you think you see stuff, but you don't like there's no there's no straight on Quentin Tarantino moment where you see what this guy looks like with no face. Right. But that is a good way of filming this, though. I think it would have made it way too hokey to do the actual like now this is Nick Cage's talking without his face. Yeah. Skull. Oh, so, yeah. If it went. um, What was it? um, Two face or it went uh, that way or Ghost Rider. A little bit. If it just kept on burning down down to the bone. (laughs) You know, obviously he then takes over John Travolta's character and, you know, Archer. And then brutally murders anyone who knew that this had all happened by burning them alive. (sighs) Good times. Yeah. Castor Troy is kind of a dick. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's just it, though. Like, they set him up as, like, this awesome epic villain, and then you just kind of have this whiny puss who's been trying to take him down. Like, that's what I don't like. Like, it's not on par at all. Well, what I would have said was, and, you know, we're we're not necessarily going scene by scene for this, but in that firefight at the beginning where 
John Travolta comes face to face, face to face with <laughs> Nicolas Cage at that first time, he, he says the line, he's like, look, I don't care what happens to me. This is not, he, he was counting the bullets. He's like, you've got one more. And, and Nick Cage is like, you got one more. He's like, ah, you know your guns. And they have the face off where they've got the guns just pointing at each other. And John Travolta's <laughs> like, I don't care. He's like, I'm going to kill you, but you're the one who doesn't want to die. Like, that's badass stuff. That's not pussy stuff. Okay, so that shines for five seconds in the movie and well, then, then he comes does, back. But he beats his ass, though. He, he also told Nick Cage the wrong thing so that Nick Cage would try and shoot him and he didn't have any bullets left. That was one thing. And then he kicks the knife from, you know, when he tries to stab him. And then he kicks him into that whatever that wind tunnel is that puts him in the coma. He does all that stuff. So And he thought he was dead, too. I guess really probably what he should have done is when he realized they were keeping him alive, he should have rushed over and just put like a bullet in his head. Absolutely. But then we wouldn't have this movie. Think about that, Darn. Kelly. Think about that, Kelly. Darn. <laughs> I just can't believe it. I thought this would have been like right up your alley. Um, out of all the Cage movies, this isn't one of my like I'd way watch Con Air over and over again for, as opposed to. I mean, and also like if I want a badass John Travolta movie, I love Basic. I think that's a fantastic movie, and that's oh, a good and that's a good Samuel yeah. Jackson. You know, right. I like that well, kind of military. You're already bad because you don't like Pulp Fiction. Otherwise, I would have said there's a badass John Travolta movie. Too graphic, not necessary. Blah. It's all like that's just it. Like that's his band aid. I'm just gonna make everything gory so you don't actually tell whether or not the plot sucks or not. Or you could just be super smart and be able to see through the gore and realize that the plot's awesome. But then why do you need the gore? Because it's just extra cool stuff. It's not cool stuff. It's gross. It's, it's, <laughs> I wish I, I am going to isolate that line. It's not cool. It's gross. It's gross. There was so much like passion in that statement. It's gross. You're welcome. Oh, it's funny. Well, we'll see. We shall see. We might have to do that at some point. That was, I was just, I'm trying to stand up. Look, I've never had to stand up for John Travolta before in my life. So this is a little, <laughs> it's a little fucking weird for me. Uh, all right. Oh, fun. He gets the information, but by that time, Archer, sorry, by that time, Caster is now Archer. So when he asked to see whoever the police person's name that he was trying to see, obviously John Travolta shows up. And it's now Caster and beats him up and makes fun of him. Is like, I'm going to go fuck your wife. Yeah, <laughs> just like, awesome. Yeah, it's, it's kind of badass there. And, of course, and that's where Nick Cage just goes crazy as Archer and like starts strangling him. He's like, he gets so mad. I'm going to try and do the impression. So you might want to cover your ears for a second. He goes, <laughs> he's so mad. It's so Nick Cage. He goes like, die, die. It's so crazy. <laughs> I don't know yeah, what your is... voice is way too low to pull that off, so it just sounds... Yeah, it sounds really, terrifying. really strange. Yes. <laughs> I had to go to my, what is that, tenor, alto? What, what did I just do there? I don't know. But um, Dog whistle. Yes. Oh, that's what all those dogs are doing there. Okay. There you go. I uh, got it. He shows up, and now you know what the plot is. Obviously, Pollux gets let go because he's going to be like their snitch. And he starts, you know, he's acting like Caster as John Travolta, but Which people, yeah, but people are kind of just like, kind of like, oh, this is interesting, but letting it go. Yeah, it's oh, thank he finally got on Prozac, Jesus. Yeah, like uh, Margaret Cho for some reason is <laughs> like working in the FBI. So fucking random. Yeah. Also, uh, at one point, his daughter Jamie is in the car with some guy, and you know who that guy is? 
That's Hyde, isn't it? Yes. It's Hyde trying to <laughs> date rape her. And yeah, it's like, what the fuck? Damn it, Hyde. It's in the driveway. Like, really? Like, this is where you choose to do this? You can have... Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to that scene in a little bit. But yeah, that's really what happened. And now Nick Cage realizes that he's stuck in this prison as Archer. And now no one knows that he is a different person. That now Caster Troy is going to be running the outside as a good guy and can get away with anything. So there you go. That's your that's your whole plot line of the story, right? Pretty much. What I did like was instead of allowing the bomb to go off, you know, they know where the bomb is. So Pollock's just like pretends like he's snitching so that he can get a, you know, get a pardon or whatever. And then Caster goes and unarms the bomb. And that way you have like this hero complex while being oh, a villain. With only two seconds left. And there's like this graphic of a nude woman, like animation <laughs> or something. And oh, that. He did- me this was the one thing that this movie was lacking was there was no women yeah no nudity yeah yeah i was very upset by that i'm like really we can't even get some tits like seriously especially if you have a movie with gina gershon in it true what the fuck because this was like prime time gina gershon oh yeah beautiful beautiful woman anyways so now you've got the the swap and you know like oh no that means you know caster's going to be having sex with (laughs) with archer's wife (laughs) <laughs> like, all that kind of stuff. And it does happen. It absolutely does happen, uh, even though they don't really show it. But you know that's what goes down. Yeah, but that's okay, because that actress doesn't do anything for me. Um, Not that I really want to see John Travolta have sex either, but still. No. And... <laughs> There are many jokes we can make at this, yeah, at this nah. time, but we're not going to. But it was a really creepy moment where the closest thing you come to nudity, I think, is the daughter, who's probably like 16 or so in the movie, right? right? Something like that. Right. And she's wearing just panties and stuff and like a T-shirt. And she's smoking a cigarette in her room because, of course, you got to be a badass. You know, you got to be that teenage rebel. Right. And it really does look like... He's going to go in there and, and rape her. Yeah, Absolutely. which would have been completely fucked up. Like that would have <laughs> that would have put this movie on a different level. But he gets really close to her, like he's smelling her, and yeah. then he goes around her and he gets the cigarettes. And then she's like, "You don't smoke," and he's like, "Papa's got a brand new bag." And like, what's that? <laughs> she like laughs. She's like, "Yeah, my dad's cool now." Right. So, okay, real quick thing. I just want to throw this out there to the women in the audience. Um, So full body change. So does that mean they change everything? Because as a wife, I'm going to know what kind of equipment I'm used to, and I'm going to know your style. I'm immediately going to know there's something wrong here. So, yes, I think they changed everything. Really? If they're going to take the fucking scar off of his chest, yeah, I think so. I'm sure they didn't know. What if because Pollux is such a weird-ass motherfucker that he would have told Caster, like, pull down your pants and let's see if we have the same fucking mole on our penis that, you know, whatever. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I mean, if they can take your face off, I guess they can rebuild a turtleneck, but still. <laughs> Which, who are you assuming has the turtleneck? I'm just saying in general. Oh, okay. John Travolta at the end should have been like, oh, yeah, to remember the scar? But then also, like, maybe add a few inches. Like, don't worry about it. Just turn your your down there. Let's let's just trim everything out. Yeah, turn your head a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Look the other way a little bit on this one. Yeah, you are right. I think they might have skipped over that, but I think that you're supposed to assume that their entire bodies were changed. 
Like the only thing that wasn't changed was their blood type. It doesn't matter because the, the, the motion of the ocean, you wouldn't know how he fucks. Like I don't, like you would fuck differently. Uh, hold on though, Kelly. I think it can you be, could... I think it can be explained though. He caught the guy who killed their son six years ago and he just disarmed a bomb that made him like Time Magazine Man of the Year or whatever the fuck. I think that gives a man a little bit of confidence that maybe he wants to try one or two different things in the bed. Or or maybe Nick Cage as Caster is so smart to know that he's probably a ho-hum type guy and Caster is just grabbing everyone's asses around while he's John Travolta. So maybe he's just thinking, oh, I'm going to be that ho-hum missionary position guy, but I'm still going to get off. You know what I mean? This is why I'm so fucking good at this. This is how you analyze a fucking movie. I guarantee you no one brought this shit up in any other review. See, but this gives me like this whole thing of like now I want to experiment with like you take a person. Okay, so this is him sober. This is him drunk. This is him having a bad day. And this is him getting a promotion and just see how the shit changes. So you've never been in a relationship? No, not like that. I just make them do stuff. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, let me tell you that that definitely happens with women as well. The mood of whatever you happen to be in changes. No, no, no. You leave that shit at the door. This this is A-game stuff. Well then, I maybe this is another conversation for Ian hates love because <laughs> and that's how we promoted it again. I know, right? Look at that. No, I can tell you from personal experience for sure that people's days, the way they're feeling, like I come on, that's normal stuff. You should know that. Meh. More about the let's see, let's see what I can talk you into is more because then it's it's more entertaining for me. I know that I bring my A plus game every time, but I'm just talking for the people that you know have shared the bed. <laughs> that's such a horrible thing to say and it's not true but i can tell you but for sure there are times well how do you ever get how do you ever get a ranking system for that you'd have better days and you'd have worse days like there's times where it doesn't click there's time like that's all that's why i'm saying i think that that's the kind of thing that you could say for this where she hasn't had sex with him for a long time presumably because he finds her diary and starts reading it and apparently they didn't have sex that much. You know, the date nights fizzled out. He had to go to work, whatever it happened to be. So you would assume that he isn't going to be like, hey, can I stick it in your ass? Like, it's not going to happen. I mean, birthdays, anniversaries, there's special occasions for everything. (laughs) I don't think, I think he's smart enough to know better than to try that the first time around. That's (laughs) all I'm saying. I want to make it up to you. We're going to try something new tonight. Right. Yeah, I don't think that happens in their household. Yeah, it's true. But I could be wrong. But yes, yeah, so, all right, how did we get on that conversation? You're welcome. I'm very good at this. Yeah, hey, look, you're stealing my lines. This is great. Hey. Anyway, you know, I'm trying to think of how to get back on track here. So, <laughs> Caster Troy, Caster Troy is running amok, being the, you know, nonchalant good guy now, and trying to figure out what his next moves are going to be of how he can climb the ranks and be a super villain while he's a good guy, you know, however that's going to be. And then Nick Cage, Archer in prison, realizes he can only get out of there if he takes off or if he gets out of the boots somehow and finds out from a fellow prisoner that the only way you can get out is if they take you to the med ward where they basically, you know, give you shock therapy. That's the only time that they ever take the boots off. So he orchestrates this little riot kind of thing that happens 
where he gets a cigarette. And it's pretty funny. That's a that's a pretty funny scene. You know, he gets all the prisoners behind him basically by being such a crazy person that he attacks a guard for a cigarette. You got to show that you're a badass. Like he's been, everybody's kind of been watching him and waiting for him to do his normal flip out, and he hasn't. Well, he beat up. I mean, up on that. he beat up that one guy at the beginning where he was trying to prove himself to Pollock. Yeah, but, but he, it's more you got to attack a guard. Like right. attacking other prisoners, you're kind of like, yeah, well, whatever. Oh, very true. But you got to go after the authority. Yep, and this was his time to do it. So he kind of got everyone behind him with that. Now the guy who attacked him. At the beginning, when he got to the prison, has also just been shock therapied. So he's on the ground, like basically almost convulsing. And then Cage says while he's in the chair, he gets a light for a cigarette. As they take off the boots, he's talking to the guy on the ground saying, hey, I didn't fuck your wife. I didn't fuck your sister. Let's get out of here. And as the guard goes to strap him down, he burns him with the cigarette and the other guy hits him in the back with like a lead pipe or something. And then they start the escape. So then there's a whole prison riot and they get out. A lot of people die and he tries to save some people, but there's really only so much you can do. And then there's a whole like the rock type escape from Alcatraz type thing where he's on the roof and a helicopter shoots at him and he has to jump into the water. Right. The FBI people are like, oh, hey, Archer, you should be happy. You know, Caster's dead. Where's the body? And they're like, well, they haven't found it. He goes, go get the body. And this was that, like, almost a twister moment. He goes, trust me, he's already here. (laughs) And, And obviously he is. He's in L.A. And now he, you know, he gives a call to the wife and says, hey, I know I don't sound like me, but get Jamie and get out of here. Like, that's not your husband, and she doesn't believe him. And then he goes ahead, and he goes to Gina Gershon's, like, hideout place or whatever with the bald guy. And I always forget. I think the bald guy's name is, like, Dietrich or something like that. And that's her brother. Yeah, that's Gina Gershon's brother. And you saw him earlier. We didn't talk about it because it wasn't really that necessary. Archer was trying to figure out, before he did the whole face-off, he went ahead and he tried to get all of you know, Caster's normal goons and try and make them tell him about this, you know, where the bomb was and all that kind of stuff. But they didn't work. He made some guy shit his pants, which is funny. Uh, And then he almost killed Dietrich because Dietrich was like, how's your dead son? (laughs) I was like, wow. Way to to lowball that one. Uh, That's great. Now he's obviously, now he's Caster, you know, in Caster's body and he goes to Dietrich's place and they do drugs and that's where there's an amazing scene. Like, you can't tell me this wasn't an amazing scene where he gets his golden guns back, he does drugs and he tells him what he wants to do to Archer, that he wants to take the face off and he's like, I want to take his nose and his eyes and I just want to take his skin I want to take it off. And Dietrich's like, no more drugs more for that. More drugs man. for this guy, yeah. No, no. Fucking great. Like, that's Nick Cage, like, at his best. Yeah. And then you meet but Gina Gerson. Like, again. It's fun. It's, it's, that's just it, though. Like, they had to make Caster this certain character so that way you can get crazy on both sides, and it's kind of nice. Yeah. Because Archer brings nothing as a character to either of these actors. Well, sure, but you can't have two crazy people. Like, it doesn't, that movie doesn't work. I need to come up with a list. I'm just blanking. I, I wish you could, but I'm trying to think. I mean, even if you think of a movie as great as Double Team with Dennis Rodman and Jean-Claude Van Damme, they're not both crazy. Owen Wilson. In the movie. Yeah. Well, yes. Owen Wilson and Jackie Chan are not both crazy in their movies. Chris Tucker 
and Jackie Chan are not both crazy in their movies. Yeah, but uh, Jackie Chan's not crazy in any of his movies. Well, that's what I mean. You always have to have the straight character. This isn't the straight character. This is the whiny, pathetic character. Lethal Weapons, you have the same thing. You're telling me Donald oh. Glover isn't the whiny character in Lethal Weapons? No, he's just old. I don't know. Did you see the commercials for that fucking reboot that they're doing on Fox? <laughs> it's It's sickening. It's absolutely <laughs> sickening. I can't, and I'm not even a fan of the Lethal Weapon movies. And I still think I can't believe that they're making that into a series now. Really? Well, I mean, no, no, they won't pay for I any new ideas it. because it can't be proven. Oh, really? We know this. Like that's just how it oh, is. Oh, well, it's, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's all this is. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's just it, I don't know. It's just fucked up. It's just it's it's super fucked up. Uh, what I'll appreciate for HBO. Have you seen the? Uh, the trailer for Westworld? No. So I guess from what I can tell, and I haven't done my extensive research on this, but it's some type of a world where it's almost like a little Assassin's Creed kind of where you can go into this virtual reality world where people basically live there. And I know I'm gonna someone's going to email me and say you have this completely wrong. But to me, it looks a lot like a super sci-fi edition of do you remember that sh- that show harsh realm i want to say yes to that like it, it, it i got like a flicker of like like i should know what that is it's back when fox used to cancel every drama one hour drama show they had after one season so they had <laughs> right. so harsh realm was and i forget there were some really famous people in the in the show and it was a great concept it was a military virtual reality system that they had built for trading exercises, but they had a glitch in the system where if you died in the game, you died in real life, and someone had taken the game over. Like some military guy who didn't want to leave the system had taken it over, and they didn't have his body in real life like it was hidden away, so they couldn't just like kill him in real life and he wouldn't be in control. So they had to send someone covertly into it. Like It was a really good idea, but it only lasted a season. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's equivalent to the whole, you know, if you die in your dream, you die in real life. It's, uh, that, it's that kind of a concept. Absolutely. Yeah. And you could do a little bit more in the system. Like it was still based in reality. It wasn't like you could jump 15 stories or anything like that, but there was a little right. bit extra you could do. That's what this Westworld looks like as well. But it was back when Fox, I mean, they canceled Good versus Evil, which was a great show. They canceled. Right. Do you remember Brimstone? Oh, I do remember Brimstone. Brimstone was so fucking good. Like, listen to this storyline. Listen to how good, and I'm sorry, people. We, You know we go on tangents. But I just have to tell the story of Brimstone because it's fucking awesome. And I might even do a podcast dedicated to this. Like, I might do a show dedicated to canceled TV shows that were canceled before their time. Brimstone was so good. Brimstone was about a cop, a New York cop, and I forget who played the character, but he played it so well. He had, like, a gritty voice. It was fucking great. His wife had been raped by a serial rapist, and he found the guy. He captured the guy. The guy got off on a technicality, so he obviously went after him and murdered him. Covered up, you know, covered it up. But then, while he was on duty, he was shot and killed by someone. And because he murdered someone, he went to hell. You know, you call justified, eye for an eye, whatever you want to call it. He went to hell. No matter all the good he did in his life, he murdered someone in cold blood. So, he went to hell. In hell... Nine, I think it was 98. It was such a weird number. It was 98 of the worst people in hell, demons in hell or whatever, escaped. Satan, 
the devil was played by the guy who played Lex Luthor's father in Smallville. Okay, yeah. Yeah, great character actor. He played an amazing devil. And he basically appoints, and I forget, I, it, Brimstone wasn't like his name or whatever, but he appoints this guy, he appoints this police officer to be his guy to go and capture these 98 dead people who have now started regular lives or whatever. And on his body, he has a tattoo for every demon who's escaped with no stories whatsoever, and he has to just find them. And when he sends them back to hell by shooting them in the eyes, by the way, that's the only way to get them back to hell. His The tattoo burns off of him and disappears. It's fucking great. It's such a great concept. And he had to go through it, and the devil would just show up and make fun of him during his episodes where he was trying to figure out how to kill, you know, how to find someone, like all this kind of stuff. So anyways, I, I could talk about that for forever. Anyway, back to Face Off. So <laughs> they're they're in they're back. This is where we meet G- uh, Gina Gershon again. Find out that she has a kid who's in the drug den for some reason, and you realize it looks a little bit like John Travolta's kid, Mike or Michael. So he has an instant attachment to the kid, and he finds out that that's Caster Troy's child that he tried to get into foster care before. So. That's what. So now he's high on, you know, he's high on whatever he took. But Archer or at Caster knows this is one of their hideouts. So he shows up. There's a whole gun battle. A whole bunch of people die. Archer saves the little kid, you know, as Caster Troy, and that shows that you know Gina Gershon's character that he can be trusted now. And then this is also where there's a nice little scene. Archer is escaping. Nick Cage is escaping. Paulus goes after him. And Nick Cage, like, swings on a rope and takes him, like, on top of him and basically, like, drop kicks him through two ceilings worth. And he falls down and he dies right in front of Caster Troy as, you know, John Travolta. So then John Travolta is, like, really all beat, like, he's rubbing his gun against his face. Like, he's, you can tell he's about to, like, break down and cry or whatever. And one of the FBI agents comes in and he's like, why do you care that's, you know, that's Caster's brother? And he just turns around and fucking headshots him. Which is great. Yeah, so now he's super pissed. Because before, he was just like, oh, yeah, I'll just kill Archer. You know, who gives a shit? But now, his brother and him are, like, super close. Like, weirdly close. So, that's, you know, he's always tying his shoe and he can't take care. Whatever. Whatever it happens to be. It's a weird psychopath relationship thing that they have. Right. Nick Cage gets a, like, a bullet to the side or something or gets cut. So now he kind of stumbles back into his place, surprises his wife, and somehow his wife, I guess, is so shocked that she doesn't call anyone because she's got protection all over the house. But he sometimes, you know, somehow gets in. Shoot, I don't want to sneeze. Oh shit, maybe not. <laughs> I was gonna dislodge my my microchip. For my my voice there. Uh, So he goes ahead and he tells her the one thing they couldn't change about us was our blood level. And by the way, at least he makes it. He's telling her the whole story, and he's like, "I don't, I don't think you're going to believe me. Like, there's no reason for you to believe any of this." And it's true. You could never get away with that story. Like, who would ever, who would ever know that? Like, who would ever think that's a possibility? So he tells her, "Hey, my blood type is this." And Caster's is this. You know what your husband's blood type is. You're a doctor. 
you know, do what do what you got to do. Caster comes back. He's acting really strange. So she's already put on high alert a little bit. And while he's sleeping, she goes ahead and takes some blood from him pretty quickly. And then leaves in the middle of the night and goes to the hospital where she checks the blood. And sure enough, that is not Archer's blood type. And Archer just happens to be there as well. She has a gun. And she's like, oh, I'm going to shoot you. How do I know this isn't some trick? And he's like, I'm moving towards you very slowly. And how does he disarm the situation? Uh, he just does the face thing. Yes, face waterfall. waterfall. Face waterfall. And now she knows everything's okay. So. And this is where she should have shot him and been like, I always hated that. Because that makes you a freak. That would work in Kelly's world of movies. And I'm like, oh, and the movie's over. Whew. Everything's fine. She stitches him up. John Travolta shows up. She, you know, he's hidden, blah, blah, blah. Because Castor knows that everything's falling apart, he's mad that his brother is dead, all that shit. The FBI director who's been riding him throughout, who we haven't talked about because it really doesn't matter. Right. He comes in and you can see him have like chest pains as he's yelling. So John Travolta just looks out and is like, realizes no one's watching them and pulls the guy in and is like, I'm Castor Troy. And then fucking hits him in the back of the neck. And then hits him in the chest. And as he falls over, he kind of smothers him with his hand and makes him call an ambulance and says that he had a heart attack. But I might be wrong about this, but if they do those tests, wouldn't they also see that there was blunt force trauma to the back of the neck and the chest, which isn't the sign of a heart attack? Yeah, I know. Yeah, but you could easily say he hit himself on the way down. Yeah, but, oh, I don't know. I don't know. A little bit strange. But anyways. They go ahead and they're going to have the funeral for the wake, whatever, for this director. So John Travolta's wife says, hey, this is your chance. Like, this is going to be the only time that he's not going to have protection, which doesn't make any sense. Right. Because there's super protection there because it's all FBI people. So I'm not sure why that's the case. But she, you know, she makes sure the daughter doesn't show up. Then they go to the funeral. And at the funeral... Nick Cage shows up and goes ahead and gives this altar boy this picture of, is that Castor's son or his son? His, it's Mikey. It's Mikey? Okay, because the altar boy gives it to John Travolta as Castor, and Castor takes it and looks at it and then crumples it up. So I thought it was weird to crumple that picture up. I thought it would be his kid instead. No, no, because the photo's from him looking at the photo inside the house, and he freaks out because you can see the reflection of his face, which is why he breaks it and takes the photo with him. So he can still look at the photo without seeing the reflection of his face because of the frame. No, you're absolutely right. This is where there are all those fucking doves in the church, but it's a John Woo Woo movie. So everyone leaves, and then Nick Cage walks through and has his guns out, but he doesn't have the golden ones anymore. So he just got the regular, regular guns. And then John Travolta shows up, and he's acting all John Travolta or Nick Cagey, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> right. And they get in a standoff because obviously he brought his goons with him, and he's got Travolta's wife. Now it's a standoff. But then Gina Gershon shows up as well, and now she's got people locked in on hers, and then more people, more bad oh, guys show up. This is the best Texas standoff kind of. Okay, Corral, we're just all going to shoot each other kind of a setup. And probably one of John Travolta's best lines besides the, ooh-wee, you're good looking, when he <laughs> when he sees Nick Cage in the prison, which you didn't mention, but is when he goes, ah, what a predicament. And it's just so weird the way he's trying to be Nick Cage. 
uh, but it's still funny. <laughs> right. Yeah, and then Gina Gershon just takes in initiative. She jumps on Travolta's wife. They start shooting. Everyone's shooting out. Basically, everyone ends up dying except for Travolta's wife, Nick Cage, and John Travolta. And the scene is Gershon took a bullet to the back or whatever, and she's laying on top of Nick Cage and tells him to take care of her son or their son and don't allow him to grow up to be like them. Right. And he's like, I won't. It's cool. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and then it's action scene. And the, you know, the daughter's there and the daughter gets used, you know, first he's trying to tell her like he's got her as a hostage, basically Nick Cage as Archer has her almost as a hostage. He's like, no, no, it's me. Don't worry. You know, that's not the guy you can trust. And then she shoots him in the shoulder, which allows John Travolta to get free. And then John Travolta takes her as a hostage. And then she uses the knife that he gave her. And we didn't even talk. He had given her a butterfly knife. Butterfly knife. Hello, 90s. How are you? Exactly. When Hyde had tried to date rape her, he had dragged him out of the car and beaten him and then gave gave her a butterfly knife. If anyone ever did this, let them get in close again and then stab them in the thigh and twist because the wound won't close. And he said, if you dress like it's Halloween, ghouls will get in your pants, (laughs) which is a fucking great line. There's your little action sequence thing there. So she uses the butterfly knife on him and does exactly what he told her to do. And now it works against him. Kelly. What? Did you know they're remaking the Blair Witch? Oh, yeah. I just, oh my God, I just saw the commercial. What a bunch of motherfuckers. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me that you didn't turn the recorder back on and I was going to be pissed. Oh, no, no. Everything's, everything's fine. Motherfuck. All right, we're going to talk about that at some other time. I can't believe they're remaking Blair Witch. Oh, my. Oh, oh, these people. Okay, whatever. It's a John Woo movie, so you have to have more action scenes. Let's get on speedboats. And let's chase each other on speedboats and then jump on each other's speedboat. And this is where they lost me on a lot because even though it was some really cool stunt work, you could tell that that was definitely not Nick Cage or oh, John Travolta. Yeah, their, their doubles were not good doubles no. at all. No, it's very obvious, which is pretty funny. And it's even more obvious. Like, first of all, Nick Cage should have died a bunch of times because he's hanging on the speedboat most of the time, getting hit by the water. And at that yep. speed, it's like fucking cement. Oh, absolutely. And then he starts... Water skiing on it with no water skis, which I think yeah, is pretty. Can, well, no, barefoot skiing is kind of fun. Really, you can do that. Like I would have thought, any twist of your leg and you would go flying, like into the motor. Well, okay, so barefoot. The way it normally works is that one, you're not holding onto a chain, and it's not equivalent. It's not like you're on a, a rope, like a traditional like water skiing is. It's actually there's a pole that sticks out to the side of the um a boat that you're able to brace yourself oh, better. Oh, okay. It that way. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. But you're probably also not going 100-something miles an hour, probably, right? No, of course not. Well, that's what they're doing. So they have the big explosion of the ship, and everyone goes, you know, they both go flying, and then, obviously, they know martial arts. So then they start fighting hand-to-hand combat, and, you know, Nick Cage gets sliced up a couple times, but he's reaching, he's reaching, Kelly, what's he reaching for? Really? Now you're making me blank on this particular scene. It's a fucking harpoon gun. (laughs) There it is. <laughs> That's what he's reaching for. <laughs> so he finally he finally gets to it. Caster as John Travolta up against the wall. John Travolta's holding the spear back, basically, so that it's not going into him. 
and he's taking the shard of metal or whatever that he has from the ship, and he just starts cutting his fucking face. <laughs> he's like, yeah. He's like, I don't care if I die. You're gonna see me for the rest of your like, and just starts cutting up his face. And then Nick Cage gets it so that the harpoon mm-hmm. finally goes out and kills Cage or John Travolta or whatever you want to call it. Kills him. <laughs> the good guy wins in the body of the bad guy still. Right. That's the easy way to put it. Nick Cage's archer pretty much thinks that as soon as someone comes, all the police get there, that they're going to arrest him and, you know, it's going to be horrible. But as Margaret Cho shows up and some of the other FBI agents, they address him as archer because his wife had called and told them, I guess, this story that all of a sudden they're going to believe, Uh, which is still weird because I still don't think they found any documents or files on this at all so i don't know why you would take the word of the wife as gospel that they switch faces and bodies right because well she's a doctor she should know if you could do that i guess you could do the blood thing and prove it that way kind of but even then just imagine trying to and that's why they didn't go into this obviously is because how would you ever really explain this to people right well it's just like the probably dna is the only way you'd actually be able to prove that right most likely now is the is a great part so they get the the top surgeons from dc are on their way and they, they get him in and the first thing he tells them by the way is hey you you don't need to don't put the scar back now i'm yeah. assuming though that they don't know about the scar because now there's no documentation so this doctor's like yeah sure we won't put the scar back but i'm pretty sure in his mind he's going i don't know what the fuck you're talking about you're talking about so yeah it's great that you don't want that scar because you were never getting it back in the first place anyway right yeah (laughs) unless they found the files where that doctor said make sure to put the scar back and this is how you this is how it looked i don't don't (laughs) this is where we're storing it but apparently most surgeons now can do the face-off surgery with no problem and make Apparently. it perfectly, which is great to know because if I ever do want to do that, I need to go to the right people. Whose face would you want? I don't know. Any ridiculously handsome guy's face so I can get laid? Oh, who is the one you flipped out about that I saw in Vegas? What? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I am flip. Oh, well, that was cool because he was right there and he had just won. True. I mean, not the Champions League. He just won the Euros. So everyone. So Kelly, when she was jet setting... <laughs> all around she was in vegas hanging out and she sent me a picture because cristiano ronaldo was <laughs> on the next what like suite or whatever yeah well yeah because we did a cabana at the pool and he was in the uh, other cabana yeah so of course i mean he's like most people put him at like second or third best in the world but he can arguably be the best in the world at football so right. of course but i don't know <laughs> i mean a lot of women do find him attractive but I don't know if that would be the person I would switch faces with. Eh. For someone from Portugal, really, dude, you couldn't even wear at least a Speedo at the pool. I was very disappointed. But he takes pictures of himself. In, like, if you follow his Instagram and shit, he takes pictures of Speedos all the time. Yeah, but he couldn't be bothered to wear them at the pool. That's crap. Look, he had just won the Euros. <laughs> cut the guy a little slack, all right? And he had this uh, knee injury, too. So he was trying to get back into shape for that. So give him a break. Right, because you know what? When you put a Speedo on, I'm completely focused on your knees. Hey oh. That should oh. be that should be the fucking uh tagline for Speedos. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so yeah, I uh, that wouldn't be it. What about you? Who would you uh switch faces with? Yeah, I don't know. Well yeah. let's see, nobody's body type fits my body type. Name someone who's my height who's not doesn't look like a Yeti anyway. But it doesn't it doesn't matter though, because remember they can just change the body. We're, 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 be we're, shorter. That's lame. 
Wait, there are some tall chicks that are attractive and stuff. Who? Whom would be the, the correct way to say that. But um, Thank you for that <laughs> grammar Nazi. Uh, uh, like Giselle. Isn't Giselle like really tall? 5'10". Keep going. Um, oh, what about like that volleyball player? No, ew. They what? all look like dudes. No. Oh, fuck you. They do not. <laughs> How dare you? I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that. You know, anyone's choices are their choices and everything. No, they're they're high. I'm going to compile a list. You know what, Kelly? I, I got this taken care of. I'm going <gasps> to compile a list. I'm going to compile a list. We will talk about it in next week's show where I will get... How tall are you? 6'1"? Yes. Yeah. All right. I will find hot 6'1 women, and then we can play whether you would trade faces and bodies with them. Um, so Okay, fine. <laughs> that's the That's the game. We get to the ending of the movie. Here's the epilogue, whatever you would call it. Now, I read, and I don't know if you read this at all, but they had test screened a different ending where in the ending it was going to be ambiguous to whether the person who showed up was actually the good archer or not. So wait, so this is Inception? You don't know if the thing actually topples over or not? Yes, but done better than Inception. Right. Yes, that was, but it didn't test well. Because people wanted the happy ending. So, lame. Yeah. But so the ending is John Travolta shows up and it's like slow motion of him walking. There's a bunch of slow motion in this movie. It's still, but it was actually done in parts that made sense instead of Batman Superman. Anyway, uh, John Travolta shows up in slow motion with his trademark John Travolta smile. And his wife is there and she started, they start making out and it's like, it's all over. This is all great. And then the daughter, who I guess because of this instance has made her not wear the goth, the slight goth makeup and got rid of the nose ring. So now she's, right. I guess, supposed to be a good girl now. Like, it's so fucking ridiculous. She runs to him and hugs him and does probably one of the worst lines I've ever heard, or at least the worst acted line, maybe, <laughs> where she goes, Dad, I'm sorry I shot you. And he's like, it's okay. And face water cool. falls her. And there's a bunch of face water falling going on right now. Gross. Gross. Now, tell me this, Kelly. Would you be maybe put on the spot if your husband came home who had just swapped faces and bodies with a guy? So you had sex with someone who wasn't your husband, for, for one thing. Now he's supposedly back with his face and body. First time being who knows how long it's been. He shows up. He's all okay. And then he goes... Hey guys, I want you to meet someone and says this is whoever and it's a little boy who looks similar to your dead son and says this little guy needs a home. How about it, folks? <laughs> like wouldn't you kind of be put on the spot a little bit? Oh no, that that's my cue of peace out. You are psycho. That would be very funny. You you have literally replaced your son. Yes. And that's what it is. And then you know, they say, say hello to your little brother, and she bends down, and she's like, hi, how are you? Totally and he's like, cool. yeah, he's totally he cool. I'm going to show you my room. Like, it's yeah. like it's nothing. Like, this is what we do. We, we kidnap kids yeah. when our family members die. And then she face waterfalls him and drags the lip, and he, like, smiles like that's a normal thing for, like, right there, he should have been, like, foster home. Yep. At least they yep. won't face waterfall me. They're weird. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so they adopt they adopt Caster Troy's son. You don't think that when that kid, their rebellion that they had to deal with, that they were having so much trouble with in this movie, was that she put a little goth makeup around her eyes and a fake nose ring. He's gonna be like, "Hey, 
fuck you. You killed my father and my mother and took his face and fucked my mom. Like, you don't think that stuff's going to come up in an argument? I'm sorry. It, no, there won't be because he's from Psychos. So really, he'll probably just set them all on fire and burn the house down. Like, All right. We're not going to go into the nature versus nurture thing, are we? Absolutely. No, that's, that's the appropriate process because even on top of that, you fucking waterfalled me for 14 years. No. That's actually that would be the funny thing is so this kid's probably like five years old in ten years he's like I got ten years of you face water following me you fucking weirdos like I am not dealing with this to the ground I don't care that you killed my dad and you killed my mom and you stole his face and fucked my mom this is a sequel I want to see that would be that would be amazing I am with you Kelly. That would be fucking amazing. Like, and I want the opening scene to be him putting on the Nicolas Cage glasses and like just the house in the background on fire. I can see it. I think we need to go to Hollywood. No one steal these ideas. These are copyright. (laughs) Sorry. Ian hates movies. Copywritten. Yep. So that's it. That's the movie. I mean, we left out some of the stuff because it's like, whatever. We're not going to do a two hour and 20 minute movie face off review. We're not doing that. You know, no. but there was a funny part too that we didn't mention that John Travolta made fun of his chin while he was Caster Troy, and apparently that was his own idea, which is nice but as well. But chin, yeah, it's a ridiculous chin. But hey, some some women like that. Yeah, let's not get into how freaky women can be. That's for Ian hates love. Yay! And another plug. Another plug. Well, on that note, Kelly, do you have mm. any plugs? Or actually, no, no. Before we do that, what the fuck am I thinking? <laughs> I, I, even though I think I know the answer to this, would you recommend Face Off to anyone? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, good. Okay. I, too, would recommend Face Off. You just got to look. Everyone knows I'm not a big action movie guy and stuff. But this has such crazy acting from Nick Cage and, and John Travolta. And that's yeah, it's why, just another bad action movie. It's, it's one of those fun 90s movies. Yeah, that's the thing. I would say that this movie, even though there's a bunch of really, really fucked up things that happen in it, this is a fun movie. Face waterfalls. Face waterfalls, faces being switched, wives being fucked by guys with body types and and faces. But you don't see anything. But it's still, I'm just, in general, the concept, all the concept in this movie, uh, the carousel scene with the snipe, I mean, come on. It's all fucked up shit. Very creepy. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. So, okay. So, we would both recommend this movie. I think it was about time we did this. I think this opens up a whole lot more different movies that we can talk about as well. But we shall see. Yes. we No. (laughs) No, I did fucking rock that game in uh, Universal Studios. Oh, fuck yeah. Great I had two guns. I had two guns, and I was just lighting shit up. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Anyways. All right. So, Kelly, do you have anything to plug? Uh, nothing to plug, but you can always follow me on Instagram at Nerdy Girl Ivy, and then, of course, on Facebook at Nerdy Girl Ivy as well. There you go. She is out jet-setting around the world, but she will answer your Facebook messages. Pretty much. Yep. Now, for the show, you can continue listening however you're listening. If you don't like that way, there are plenty of other ways. You can listen on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Pocket Cast, whatever it happens to be. We're on all of those uh, sites. You can also go ahead and listen on www.ianhates.com. That has all the back episodes, everything that you can need. Kelly, do you want to do the honors for what to do with iTunes and whatnot? 
Subscribe, like, and share, please. It helps out the show a lot. So Yes. And once again, you know, I'm, I'm not hating on her because I think she's very funny. But I keep on going <laughs> on iTunes, and I open I up it. that thing. Nikki Glazer, always on. I don't know why they keep on pushing your podcast. Like, let's get some rates up there and stuff so we can get other stuff. Because that's how iTunes does it. It's like they do the new and featured and all that kind of stuff. So let's let's get that going. We'd appreciate it very much. Yes, so, please. Yeah, you can do that. That would help us out. And then on all those sites as well, you can also get my other show, Ian Hates Music. I have a ton of crazy, awesome conversations coming up. I actually, because I've had these amazing guests, I have to start releasing them separate from the actual show because they're super long, awesome conversations that I never thought I would have with these huge, huge influential people in the scene. So that's going to be coming out soon. I might have to start releasing like two episodes a week of that show as well just to keep up holy crap yeah i can't even tell you the amazing guests that i've had on the show that i am still waiting to release and i think i have to release them now because they're time sensitive but if i release them with the actual show they would be three hour shows (laughs) so i think i just have to i have to start releasing the conversations extra and then also the show separately so this is just all Way more, and that's why if you guys can take a time to subscribe, rate, and share for Ian Hates Music, it just makes the show as popular, more popular that show gets, especially with that one where we do conversations with people. It just makes those big bands go, oh, this is a show to be a part of because there are real conversations happening here. So I, I appreciate that as well. On top of that, uh, interacting with Nerdy Girl Ivy, you can also interact with me. I know that does not sound as fun. But, but you certainly can. You can email me. It's ianhates at gmail.com. You can, there's a submit form that you can do on www.ianhates.com. You can also go ahead and follow on Twitter, at Ian Hates Podcast, on Instagram, Ian Hates Podcast, and on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash ianhates. I am very reachable through all those avenues anyway, so... Feel free to do that. And I think, Kelly, that closes everything because I am still working on the artwork for Ian Hates Love. So Ian Hates Love is coming soon, like I've mentioned before. And who knows? I might do my, if I have any time at all, which I don't think that's actually possible, I would love to do another show where I did canceled shows that only got like a season and talk about them. But we'll see. Holiday special. Before we go, Kelly, do you want to let people know what the next movie is going to be? Because I think this will be on a different level for everyone. It's true. Men in Black 2. You son of a bitch. (laughs) No, I'll let you introduce this one since you picked this one. Okay. All right. We are going to do a movie that barely has Matthew McConaughey in it, which is nice. Back when he didn't (laughs) act. uh, (gasps) Those are the best ones. Yep. We are going to do the movie Frailty. I haven't watched it yet, so I have no idea. Oh, you've never come. you've never seen Frailty before? No. All right. Well, we it's a good switch up. I think it's a good switch up because we went from a movie like Face Off to a kind of thriller slash horror movie. Cool. So yeah, I think it'll work. And Bill Pullman's in it too. So you know, oh, hey, hey, cool. hey. Oh no, no, Bill Paxton. Ah, Bill Paxton's yeah, I in do it. Either. I'm happy with either one of those. That's fine. There you go. So yeah, that'll be our next movie, and then we'll have some surprises coming soon as well. 
So I cool. think that wraps everything up, Kelly. So any and don't fucking use my line this time. <laughs> Did you no, notice? I can only do that once. Yeah, did you notice I left it in? Yes, thank you. Uh-huh. I don't the only thing I edit is like weird sounds. That's the only thing that I edit from the show. Yep. Because it's like us shooting the shit at a bar. Like that's basically like what we the normally show. do. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, like we would do if you lived around the corner. Yeah, that's it's true. Right. So okay. So Kelly, uh, what are your final words for everyone? Uh Domo Arigato. I thought you were gonna say like Kanichiwa bitches. That's some line from some movie. I know. I'm I just sure can't. It is. Yeah, I'm, I'm just sure not sure. Like Tokyo Drift or something horrible. Whoa. I've met a movie that I've seen. Mm. Anyways, mm-hmm. I will leave you the way I always do. Long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone. You got a visitor. between us okay but you were uh, in a coma uh, nothing uh, like having your face cut off to disturb your sleep read the newspaper lately you killed them well look, beats paying the bill huh come on i mean uh, if a facelift costs five grand see anything you like all the evidence that proves you're you okay so wow looks like you're gonna be in here for the next hundred years (laughs) i have got to go i've got a government job to abuse and a lonely wife to fuck (laughs) did i say that sorry i didn't say that i didn't make love to god i missed that face No, uh, don't you worry about it, Mr. Walton. Clearly he's uh, had a traumatic childhood, and uh, thank you.